Welcome to the Church Collective Podcast, episode number nine. In this episode, I had the opportunity to talk with Deanna Hoven from Worth Dying For, who's also in L.A. and planning a church called Fearless. We talk about um, what it means to be a worship leader to her, how she was given the opportunity, what it means to just be faithful to God and looking for opportunities to serve. It was a really great conversation, and you really get a sense of her heart for ministry and her heart for God and her heart for helping other worship leaders become better at what they do. Uh, So here we go. We're going to start as we pick up into uh, her salvation experience and how she came to know the Lord. So I think uh, after after the point where I had given myself so much to um, to just so many things, trying to find acceptance and love in something, um, I was so depressed. Honestly, I was so depressed. I was um, feeling so guilty and horrible about myself, and um, that leads to when I met this guy who later became my boyfriend who started bringing me to church. And growing up, I had um, gone to a church a little bit with my mom, but, you know, not too much. I wasn't, honestly, I was bored out of my mind when I thought of church, um, just because that's what I had kind of been shown. I hadn't been shown the relationship side of Jesus. I had just kind of been shown a bunch of stories or whatever, you know, I understood at that time. So, um so at that time, he said, you know, you want to come to church with me? So I was like, well, you know, not really, but I'll go. Yeah. So um, so anyways, I uh, ended up going to church with him and kind of really experiencing um, God in a new way. I had never thought of, of God as someone who deserved my whole life or someone that... Um, I wanted to have a relationship with or could have a relationship with. So um, anyways, I started going to church with him more and more. God just kept revealing himself to me more and more as I could handle it, I guess. And I just said, you know what? I, If this God is really real, there's no way that I cannot give him my whole life. And so from that point on, it was made up in my heart. I'm giving Jesus my whole life. If he is real, I'm giving him my whole life. And during that time, um, just growing in my faith in the very beginning, I had a lot of struggles with, um, with just doubting God, not really believing, is he really real or all these different things. I had so many questions, um, which it it was awesome to have mentors in my life to lead me, um, to do my own research, to read the books, to, you know, so I I was so into apologetics and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but God really, really solidified my faith in that time, even though it was a super dark time. Um, but just through the word of God and through, um, you know, um, some amazing books and research that I did on that stuff. It just really solidified my faith in God, along with just awesome answers to prayer and stuff like that. But um, so that just brings me kind of through high school. And then um, and then out of high school, well, I had gone to church a little bit um, in Modesto during that time. 
about two years during high school. Yeah. And, um, and I had always liked to sing, um, since I was like eight or nine, but you know, I kind of just thought, Oh, I would love to sing someday, you know, but I never, I never thought that I would sing for God or I didn't really know if I would ever really do something with it. So, you know, um, going through high school, I just thought, Oh my gosh, like my life is for God now. Um, you know, I'm going to do whatever he wants me to do, whether that's do something I absolutely hate or <laughs> whatever. You know, I was so like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll just do it. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so, you know, I was really seeking the Lord and it's funny because a lot of the times I think that God will, um, God will allow us to do something that we are passionate about, you know? Yeah. Um, so if that's singing or whatever, you know, so, but I didn't really understand that at the time. I was just like, whatever, God, you know, yeah. even if I hate it. So, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, going, going to church for a bit, I would be in worship and I would just be loving Jesus, getting closer to him, you know, Sean and Christy are leading worship, you know, sure. and I'm just like, Oh Jesus, I just love you. And, yeah. and I didn't really ever know or want to be a worship leader. I didn't even really know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but then, uh, I joined the choir later and I was like, Oh, I really love this, you know? And then, and then I got an opportunity to sing backup and then, um, it just kind of escalated from there in the sense of, you know, God just allowing me to have different opportunities. Um, and then um, I would, you know, lead things at, at youth night or on Sunday mornings at church. Yeah. And um, and so that's when I was like, wow, God, I think this is something that, you know, you want me to do that with my life. Sure. And um, I could see how people were being touched and ministered to and, and drawn to the Lord during that time of worship. And that was so powerful to me, you know? Um, and so that's kind of that. (laughs) Um, and then eventually, um, I just started going on trips with worth dying for, um, they would invite me to different things and, and that was such a blessing. And then, um, and then eventually they sat a few of us down and said, Hey, you know, we want you to be a part of this. Is this something that you want to be part of? And I was like, of course. So, um, that's kind of how I, I joined worth dying for. And then, um, with fearless and everything that just kind of came over from being connected at the church. And then eventually pastor Jeremy talking to a few of us saying, you know, this is what we feel like God is calling us to do to go to LA and plant this church. Yeah, and so we just yeah sought the Lord, That's did it. Yeah, so so for people that are listening to this that may not know about Fearless, kind of what give us give us the vision of Fearless. What are you what are you guys down there doing? What what's coming up for you guys? Yeah, yeah. About five ago, about five years ago, Pastor Jeremy, um, which is our senior pastor now here in L.A., yeah. um, he was the youth pastor at a church in Modesto, and. Um, and about five years ago, he was on a trip with Worth Dying For and really just got a vision from the Lord about, hey, you need to plant a church in L.A. Hmm. And it was just this crazy, like, heavy burden. And all of a sudden, it was just like on his heart, I need to go to L.A. and plant a church and reach L.A. for Christ. And so about four years passed. 
Um, it just wasn't the right timing yet to go. Um, and then finally, about two years ago, he talked to our senior pastor. Our senior pastor's like, hey, now's the time. Go to L.A., just move, get down there. You know, yeah. we didn't really know where to go at first because it's just such a huge beast of a place that we're yeah. just like, okay, we'll just start in Orange County. So, um, so about two years ago, or no, about a little over a year ago, we moved to Orange County. And um, basically, the church is called Fearless. And um, it comes from this quote that says, a, a scared world needs a fearless church. And it's by A.W. Tozer. Mm. And, um, and the scripture that says, perfect love casts out all fear. And really, that's what our church is about, is about reaching the fearful of LA, those who are so caught in fear, they're so caught in their doubt and their sin and everything, but we know that the perfect love of Jesus could really set them free. And so that we're here to really show them that. We're yeah. here to show them, hey, Jesus loves you no matter what you've done. And he's here to set you free of all your fear, all your sin, you know? Sure. And so that's what we're here doing. We have one more, um, we're calling them premier services. We have one more premiere service actually this Sunday, uh, the 18th of August, and then uh, we're we're going our grand opening on September 1st, and we're doing church in the club, yeah. and uh, and then we're going weekly services after that. We're just trying to reach the community for Jesus, and and we're seeing people change. It's that's amazing. Cool. Wow, that's really cool. That's exciting. Um, I've been noticing too, you guys started a, a campaign where you're giving out like backpacks for, for students. Like, do you know, kind of is like, what's the, what's the heart behind that? Yes. Yes. We really want to just show the community that we are here, that we love them, that Jesus cares about their needs. And, um, and so we're giving free backpacks out to just kids in LA who need it. Yeah. And so we went to some, uh, Oh, and the backpacks are just filled with schools. Sure. Flies. So, you know, whatever kid in LA is needy of that. A lot of times, you know, on parents, it's kind of a financial burden for, for a new school year to buy all their kids, all these clothes and everything. So yeah. we want to just bless the kids of LA. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, say so we've got a lot of people that are listening, um, and they, they'll put questions in at the church collective and, uh, they, they kind of say, I feel like God's calling me to be a worship leader but I don't know what to do. Like, what, what would you say to that person? I mean, we kind of got a little bit of it in your story, but like, what, what would be your direct instruction? If someone comes to you and says, I want to do what you do, what, what's their first step? <laughs> I would say, um, I would say just serve. Do what's in front of you at your church. Yeah. Get involved in your local church. I would not um, expect to, you know, just... Be, I, my, my advice would not to have the heart of, I just want to be on the stage. My advice would be, have a heart of, I just want to serve Jesus with all of my heart. I want to show him that I love him. I want to love the body of Christ and serve the body of Christ and have that be your heart. And if the Lord is calling you to lead worship out of that heart, then that's amazing, you know? But I would just say, you know, get involved with your local, with your choir at your church, you know, yeah. um, and see kind of where God takes you from there. You know, just, um, I say, serve, serve and do what's in front of you sure. and don't let, you know, 
I want to be on the stage or I want to be seen, don't let that get in the way or be your heart because that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, for, for everybody that's listening, like I, I know a lot of people know of you guys have been to Worth Dying For events or, or like been, you guys have been hosting a different concert. And um, I know that the few times I've been around you, you guys, like one of the things that impresses me with your worship leadership is you get a definite sense that you are communicating with God as a worship leader on the platform. And I know for me, I'm kind of ADD. So when I'm leading worship, I'm often thinking about like the lights. I'm thinking about if the band, like I'm, I know that guitarist and Mr. Q over there. How, how do you how do you do it how do you zone how do you zone in what's your what's your tip for that oh yeah oh my gosh i i can totally relate in the way of <laughs> you know you do get distracted and it's like yeah. oh my gosh that guy's picking his nose over there on the front row or, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know whatever but um <laughs> but i think the the most powerful times um that we lead worship are the times that we're constantly connected with the Lord, like through prayer. And so like sometimes while I'm leading worship, I'll just be praying in my spirit, God, you know, like touch these people right now, heal these people right now, or, you know, um, break off the chains that are on them. You know, in my heart, I'm praying as I'm singing and I'm, I'm trying to sing the words straight to the Lord because, you know, I don't want to get caught up in, Oh, how do I sound? what are they looking at or all this stuff, you know, but, um, I think it's just staying in that constant prayer. Um, but I think you're going to get distracted and that's okay. I think Jesus has mercy on you, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, you just get past it. Don't condemn yourself for getting distracted, but you just move past that and keep the Lord knows our weakness, you know? And so we can just, okay, Lord, I got distracted. Help me, help me get focused again. You know, that's a good word. If you'd like to know more information about Fearless, head to fearlessla.com. They're having their grand opening on September 1st. Now we're going to talk with Seth, who had the opportunity to go on a, a mission trip to the BC Mission Boat Society. He was out there. He, he gave one of the guitars with your help. We spread the word. and We got a baby tailor up there with him, and I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. So here we go. Here's what happened with Seth. How did it go? How did, was the flight there difficult, getting the guitar there? Did they ever give you trouble? That's no, no, question. no. I I decided to uh, take your advice and and from my previous previous experience and just strap it on and walk in <laughs> right. and not say anything. No one no one said anything. Oh. Uh, got on there. Actually, one of the youth that were on our trip came up to me and they knew what we were doing and they said, "Can I be the protector of the guitar?" <laughs> nice. And I said, "Sure, sure. You yeah. know, I've got plenty of things as the leader to take care right. of." And so this. This youth, uh, Katie, she uh, became the protector of the guitar nice. and watched over it. And, there. Yeah, yeah, and so that that was kind of cool to see, you know, her take some initiative that way. Okay, so you, you landed there, and what what how, what did ministry look like when you hit the hit the ground? Well, it was crazy. I mean, this was planes, trains, and automobiles. I mean, if you think about it, because we we had to fly to Seattle, and then we drove two and a half hours across the border into Canada. Mm. We got on a ferry took the ferry over to Vancouver Island, had to take another van all the way up to the, and then finally got to the Mission Boat Society. Yeah. Uh, Spent the night there, then had to drive another four hours north, get another ferry, 18 hours, and then finally to the destination. Wow. So it was over two days of of travel to get to the final. So 18 hours on a ferry? Yeah. (laughs) Most of it, I mean, a good chunk of it is sleeping. Yeah. um, the, The guitar was used for our Sunday worship 
cool. on on the ferry. We were up on the top deck singing praises and Neat. in the nature, and um, the team still talks about that. And so we went from there, um, and when we landed in Clem to British Columbia, uh, we were staying in uh, homes that they had provided the the community, and it was a town of four hundred people. Uh, First Nation people, the Kitasu and the Hey Hayes tribes, and uh, so we we just talked with people and and met with people in their homes, and we used the guitar to lead Vacation Bible School. Yeah. And then um, there's a woman named Linda. She's um, a young mother. She's 20 years old, and uh, she had been learning guitar, and so she I, I got to spend uh, two sessions with her, two sure. mornings with her. Yeah. And we got to we learned um, heart of worship, here I am to worship, yeah. and something else. And and we were and talked about music, talked about worship, talked about life. Uh, got to play some music together. Yeah. It turned out I was gonna leave it with her. I found out just as we were gonna go that she pulled out this guitar and said. <laughs> whoa, the mission boat gave me this guitar last year. I said, great. Nice. And uh, so they're kind of already doing a little bit of work there. I said, so right. you don't need a guitar? And she said, uh, no, I actually I don't. And I said, do you know anyone else who could use one that we could pass it on? And So at that time, there wasn't anyone, but I talked to the mission boat director who works in four communities along the coast mm. and said, "I in another community, he said, I'm glad that you spent time with Linda, but... Um, <laughs> I have another girl in another community that I want to pass this guitar on to, and we've got other teams coming in. So Very cool. it looks like that guitar is going to be used in lots of different yeah. uh, varieties throughout. That's neat. Yeah. People, so. Cool. So what, um, I guess, what, what's the worship service like was that when you were up there? Oh, it was so different from what we're used to. They meet in this uh, <clears throat> little conference room. There's no, there's nothing that makes, you know, the... Uh, to use a big theology word, adiaphora, the <laughs> the extra trimmings that right. would, would don't pertain to theology, but lead us to the cross and lead sure. us to Jesus and remind us where we are. It's just chairs and, and walls and carpet, and hmm. um, they gather together and bring food and just these. It was probably thirty people and from the community, which is a good chunk of four hundred people. Yeah, and um, so one guy gets up. There are three elders, and he says, "Welcome." brothers and sisters starts with prayer and shares what God's been doing in his life that day yeah. and then they just yell out song numbers wow and so <laughs> 75 you got to flip to 75 really yeah. fast and you play it but the interesting thing was I was prepared that their culture sings things slower hmm. so the the director said just be aware keep an eye on me and I'll kind of give you a nod if you're on the right tempo or not <laughs> interesting yeah and so I was looking at him, and everything was probably 20 clicks slower than wow. we would normally sing it, yeah, yeah. which felt really slow, but they were just into it, yeah. into it, you know, and just worshiping. And, right. Um, the real cool thing is that they are the church collective, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, I realized because they have Pentecostals, they have Catholics, they have Lutherans, they have Methodists and Baptists mm-hmm. all regularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> worship ministering to them yeah. uh, throughout the year coming yeah. at different times and so you'll hear very Pentecostal style praying and then you'll have more traditional hymnody from Catholicism and right. and all this blending and this melting pot of people in this small island in British Columbia so it's really that's cool. cool and then and then we'd pray and a couple other people would share we'd sing a few more songs and 
Wow. That's it. So you said like they would call out numbers from the hymnal, like from the musician side, were there chords in this hymn book or did you have to kind of just surmise the chords as you go? Like yeah. reading the music? Wow. It was, no, it was a song book okay. that they had printed off from CCLI. I got you. From okay. their, the, their stuff. And, uh, so it had, they had the lyrics and we had the chords. Okay. So Good. yeah, we had something <laughs> yeah. to go on. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's happened before. That's really fun. I play this song and you're just kind of like looking at the four part harmonies and guessing yeah. chords as you go, which is doable, but yeah, it that's is. a whole nother skill set. Yeah. If you know the melody, yeah. you can usually right. pull something out. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, very cool. It was it was a great experience. So, yeah. Well, what um, I guess what can our, our community be praying for? You think like as you were there, like what 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 kind of challenges they have going forward? What what can we what can we do to help? I wonder. Um, I would be mainly praying that the next generation, the eighteen to thirty year olds, that see strong faith in their and their parents and grandparents, mm-hmm. that they would, that they would rise up, that they would hear the words being spoken, that they would not just sit back and be passive. They're coming, but they're passive, and they're waiting for other people to lead them, mm-hmm. and are hesitant. Even in the mid thirties, they're hesitant to take on a leadership role, and for whatever reason, and um, that guy would spur in them especially one guy named tony if you want to pray for him specifically that tony who has a heart for it but is hesitant to step up that he could be an amazing force for god in that community so i think that's the biggest thing okay yeah yeah we'll definitely be praying so cool thanks for hanging thanks ryan (laughs) thank you for listening to the church collective podcast uh please help us spread the word about this podcast and, and all of our campaigns we're gearing up to send some guitars to honduras there's some really exciting things coming with the church collective so be sure to head over to the and please go to itunes give us a rating uh, give us a review it helps us to become more visible to help get our our cause out there which is to equip and empower worship leaders all over the world god bless you today